2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3. One of the things that encourages me in the ministry and should encourage you also that we're given a very clear description of what it's going to be like. Uh, unlike training manuals at many institutions that don't prepare you for real-world labor and you have to learn on the job, yeah, there's so many times I've gone through training stuff and then they thought, got by in the real world and thought, well, they sure didn't tell me this was coming. The Bible really does tell you what life and ministry is going to be like because first and foremost, ministry is about what God wants to do in the lives of people. That certainly must be our focus, what God is going to do. But along with that is uh, people, the type of people that, that we minister to. And there really are all types. There are all types of folks. And we are to love them all and be patient and kind and gentle toward all uh, believers and, of course, lost. But uh, you just need to know that in the last days, the old King James says, perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Now, this list that we have in 2 Timothy chapter 3 is not a lot different than the list in Romans chapter 1. But the audience is different. It might surprise you to know that in Romans chapter 1, the audience are the lost, those out the the audience in Second Timothy are either Christians or those who profess to be Christians. Now, when you minister to folks, there are folks you just know, love the Lord, know the Lord, and you know. But then there's folks you minister to, and you're really not quite sure. You hope. You minister to them, you love them, but, you know, I've often said sometimes the meanest folks you'll ever come across are those who say they're followers of Christ. It's just the way it is. Uh, I'd rather have lunch with some certain lost folks than some certain Christians I know, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Um, but here it is in Second Timothy chapter 3, a very honest evaluation of those. And when I talk about ministry, sure, I'm talking about clergy. But in essence, we really all are in the ministry because we're all in here dealing with folks and people, fellow Christians, whether it's within this flock or those we meet out there. So even though it's targeted toward Timothy to let him know the kind of folks, uh, it's really for all of us. So chapter 3, verse 1, he says, but understand this, but know this. Be, don't be surprised by this. I mentioned to the parents this morning and the in our couples class, we've begun a new course on parenting through Right Now Media. And so we watch a little bit of the video, then we talk about parenting. And one, this parenting series is called Parenting with Grace. Like God deals with us, deal with the children. And one thing I stopped the video and mentioned is that primarily in dealing with children with grace is to understand right out of the gate, they're going to be slobs, they're going to be lazy, they're going to lie when they get to be a certain age. All kids lie. They're going to be irresponsible. And that's not to discourage the parents. That's to give them a realistic outlook of what they've got to deal with. And anyone who works in schools as teachers and such know this. That our battle is not to make them bad. Our battle is to help them overcome 
that flesh, okay? And so knowing that realistic, realistically, when, when the kids mess it up, we all go, oh, my angel would never do that. Uh, that's why schools have invested in video cameras to put into classrooms. So when parents come in and say, oh, Billy, but my Billy would never. Well, let's run the tape. And I'm told by administrators that the parents get real quiet at that point and say, okay, maybe he did do that. Same applies in ministry. We shouldn't be shocked if sometimes believers or professed believers misbehave. Okay? It's flesh. Any of us on our worst days can really kind of say stuff we shouldn't say and do stuff we shouldn't do. Amen? So let's not be shocked and surprised when those who we have mistakenly put up on some kind of pedestal let us down. They should never have been up there in the first place. So Paul says, understand this. This is the kind of folks, Timothy, you're going to have in your church. Now outside your church, in your church, they're going to warm the pew and they're going to, you know, say amen and they're going to be Consistent many times in membership. Notice it says, but understand this, that in the last days, the last days began at the day of Pentecost, and we have been in them now 2,000 years. I think they're getting more last days than they were back then. Like a pregnant woman, she gets bigger and bigger until she remedies the situation with a birth. So the old gal's a big old basketball now, and she's wobbling around. These are the last days. You can see that in a woman who's wobbling around. She's, you think, well, she's in her last days. This is our last days. They began back then, but they're getting worse now. Uh, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty, times of peril. Why? Why are these times difficult? Now, watch this. The times are not difficult in ministry because of a lack of funds, perhaps, or because... We can't do what we want and certain because we don't have this or that. Or The difficulty is always people, is it not? What's the difficult stuff in you? Or you may have trouble paying a bill here and there, but that's not your difficulty. It's, it's them. It's that person. You know, you don't have a choice. You work with them, right? Or you don't have a choice. You live with them. Or you don't have a choice. They're related to you. It's people, is it not? Here it is. Notice the root of the whole thing. I think he starts off with the root. For people will be lovers of self. Now, you ought to love yourself. Jesus, by the way, said, if you don't love yourself, you really can't love other people. But this is beyond just an appreciation of who you are and a liking who you are. You ought to be shocked when people don't like you. You know that? You ought, to be, you ought to be just shocked. Don't be surprised when people don't like you. Be shocked. Yeah, and, and, and think to yourself, what's wrong with them? Not you. I like me. You know, you like you. You better like you. If you don't like you, Jim, nobody else will, right? You love you. Not in this way, I'm sure, but yeah, you like who you are. You like you. And when you like you, other people will tend to like you. Now, this is not part of the sermon, but sometimes people don't like you because you don't like yourself. Okay? You like you, and they like you, and everybody likes it. Everything is beautiful. Okay? <laughs> All right, we've digressed. 
terribly. Back to the, yeah, back to the last days. Thank you, Cheryl. Look at verse 2. For men shall be over-focused on themselves. Everything must please them. Everyone lives to cater to them. They must be petted and stroked the right way. Every word said to them must be the right word. Nobody better cross them because the center of their lives are their selves. What a difference when the center of our lives is Christ. It is almost impossible to please those whose center is themselves. It is almost impossible to offend those who are centered in Christ. It just is. So Timothy, as you look out over the congregation, and there are folks there, know that they're not all there for the right reasons. Know that sometimes folks come to church in order to get things from the church, whether it is a benevolence offering, and we've had benevolence where it has been a blessing to give and a blessing to help, and there have been benevolent situations that I wish we had never entered into. Because the folks who we were benevolent to, immediately when they got the benevolence, that was the last we saw of them. That clearly tells you, in most cases, not all, that's probably what they were there for. There are here folks that, are, that come in simply because they want a sense of belonging to some particular group. And the first time someone crosses them wrong, they're gone. They're gone to another group. But when, when you're here for Christ, when Christ is the center of your lives, and He's the reason you're here, almost nothing can offend you. you see? So lovers of self. Now I want to read through the list, because if I spent as much time on that phrase as I did the rest, we'd be here till the cows came home. We're not going to do that. But I want you to know that everything that follows is a result of a person focused on self. Everything else. This is the root. Lovers of self. Notice. For people will be lovers of self. Lovers of money. They love money because money does stuff for me. They're proud. They're arrogant. They're abusive. They're disobedient to their parents. That's an interesting fix in the list, is it not? It's, it's, the, you know, it's the first place where we're asked to be submissive in life, is it not, when we're little, growing up? If you can't pull that off, you won't be submissive anywhere else up the ladder, probably. Disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable. You can't make peace with them slanderous they don't hesitate saying a word against you without self-control brutal not loving good treacherous reckless swollen with conceit almost sounds like a presidential debate does it not i had to throw that in swollen with conceit Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Quite a list. Quite a list, Timothy. Quite a list, preacher. Quite a list. And this is who God gives you to minister to. <laughs> Partially. Partially. There's, there's always the most that are 
the blessing. And even those who are not, God would home the leader and help the leader to stay humble and be humble and not to bite when he is bitten, not to fight back, not to feel like you have to answer, but to love and always be patient toward all. But that's quite a list, is it not? That's quite a list. Is it some church members you've known in the past, perhaps? Perhaps. Perhaps not. This is, the, this is, this is those within, the, within a church setting. Now we're going to find out in a minute that they may not be believers. They're just maybe be professing it, but they're, they're here. They're part of the whole deal. Not here at Suncoast. I hope not right now, not that I know, but there have been times through the years that there have been, and there's been a need to deal with that. So anyway, let's go on, take a look. Swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Nothing wrong with pleasure. Nothing wrong with making yourself happy and being happy and taking care of yourself. This is an over-absorption. This is a, so much of a focus that you will, you don't care who you hurt in order to be happy. You don't care who you step on. You will get your pleasure, whether it's clean pleasure or sinful pleasure. It doesn't matter. A lover of pleasure rather than a lover of God. You have to ask, what's the center of our lives? Is it him or is it us? If it's him then we can give up any kind of pleasure when he tells us to. It doesn't matter. Okay? Let's go on. It gets even more interesting. Uh, It says that they are lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Notice they have the appearance of godliness. You know, they wear the clothes, they sing the songs, they smile the smile, they, they raise their hands and say amen, they shake their hands, and then they walk out, and there's just the form and appearance of it. There's nothing below it. There's nothing... It's shallow. It's empty. There's no reality in their life. They're just part of the crowd. They're part of the deal going on. And you, we couldn't pick them out many times. You can't. Sometimes you can't pick them out. Now you give them long enough and they'll show themselves. But for a long time, they can go on for years and you never know that they were with us, but they never were with us. You understand? This is a realistic view of people in ministry. It just is. It just is. Don't be surprised. They have the appearance of godliness, but they deny it's the power of godliness to change their lives. They deny it. I am who I am down deep. There's no reality in me. I deny any kind of power to be anything different than I'm right now. That's what it is. They deny its power. Look, there's a power in the gospel. There's a power in Christ in us that makes us different people every day of our lives more and more like him to the closing day. There just is. And our lives are moving in one of two directions. And as we focus on Christ, he's changing us, changing us, transforming us into who he wants us to be. And we are not there yet. But these folks aren't even on the path. They don't care about the path. They just care about the appearance of things. Isn't that the society we live in as a whole? It's all about appearance. It's always the Instagram. It's always, you know, how you show up on a Facebook thing. And, you know, it is, there's no reality down deep. There's just the appearance of things, how we look. Well, let's go on. What about these folks? Uh, avoid. That's interesting, isn't it? 
avoid them. Now, back a chapter before, in uh, I think uh, 2.25, Chapter 225, it talks about correcting the opponents with gentleness. It talks about patiently enduring that kind of foolishness, kind to everyone, apt to teach. But these folks have gotten so far and so gone, and they're not going to change. And he says to the minister, avoid them. Avoid them. Because, if you, because we as ministers, and all of us, if you focus on those kind of folks... We are ignoring the other folks around us that want ministry. You know? Ask any preacher about his congregation. He's not going to think about the the 120 that are a blessing to him. He's going to think about the one that's driving him nuts. Right? And he says to Timothy, avoid him. Let him go. God's big enough to get a hold of him if he wants to, you know, if, if a guy gets saved. You're not ministering to the 120 blessings to you and helping him and encouraging him along. You're just focused on that one you'd like to, you know, take down in a pew or take outside and whip, you know, like that movie, The Apostle. You just get them out there and beat tar out of them. Avoid them. Don't get bogged down. Don't get slowed down. Don't get frustrated. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for the deacons of this church, every one of them. They're, they're incredibly godly men. They're wonderful men, and all the elders and all, all of them. I just love them all to death. And I'm thankful for my experience as a pastor in this church. I've never had a mean deacon. The closest we have to a mean deacon is Wilbur. And that's, that's as close as we've got. And he's not even, he's not even mean. He's just, he's, he's contrary, which is fun. We don't have, but I'm telling you, there are nightmares in churches. There are deacons who try to run the church and, and run off the preacher. And I mean, just, you have guys who minister for years and they just, you know, I'm done with ministry. I'm going to go sell cars or I'm going to go, which maybe they should have been doing all along. <laughs> but you know, that's why it happens all the time. Guys get burned out. Okay? Congregations, are, and, and this council is, when you, okay, you just avoid them, avoid them. Now, there comes a time when you got to deal with them. But don't let them bog you down, slow you down. I love the analogy of, uh, well, let's not use that analogy at this point. (laughs) Avoid such people. Verse 6. For among them, out of their midst, out of that kind of man, among them are those who creep. The idea is to slide sideways, undetected, stealthily who creep into households and capture weak women. I'm not going to look at any women when I say that. (laughs) Close my eyes. Who capture, the old King James is, silly women. The idea is women easily influenced. Now, some of the strongest people that I know are women. They really are. But even the strongest woman will admit that there are other women, not themselves, but other women who can be very weak, easily manipulated, and very easily led away and led astray. Amen, ladies? Support me at this point, please. All right. Not you, not you, but there are weak women out there, silly women, and these leaders who try to influence people and households to follow them in ministry and develop some kind of cultic following will normally go after the woman. Well, because the 
Because if you capture the woman's heart within a household, they'll all come. You know that, don't you? You get a guy, and you probably just got a guy. But if you get a woman, you get the guy, you get the children, you get aunts, uncles, you get them all. So they go after them. And they try to influence them, drawing them behind their cultic followings. It's not a slam on woman, women at all. It's an observation that women sometimes can be easier, man, easierly manipulated than men. Not all, but some. Capture weak women, burdened, laden down, the King James is, burdened with sins, and led astray by various passions. Now this is not necessarily sexual passions, although it may be. This might be the passions to be influential as a woman. This might be the passion of being seen as important within a spiritual movement. Uh, it could be a number of different desires. Uh, in many cultic followers, women are very dominant and strong in those followings. And they receive a lot of one of the first cults out there. And I've, uh, Montanius was the guy's name. And he had two women that followed him. And they prophesied in tongues. And it was a cult in the first century. And this fellow used these two women to greatly influence. And it was the first hint of, of, of cultic activity. And these two women were used in a very powerful way to influence many. Notice for among those who creep into households and capture weak women, laden, burdened with sins and led astray. And these, these women and these people all together, always learning, never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. Now, now mark that in verse 7. Always learning something new. Always learning a new teaching. Always getting a novel, novel thing. They go from book to book, from man to man, from preacher to preacher, always trying to capture something that'll zing them. And they're never able to come to Christ himself. I think that's what it means when it says come to the truth. Teaching should lead to a person. It should not center itself in the person itself or the people out here. It should lead us all to the person of Jesus Christ. So here are these groups that are always looking for some big answer. Because if you don't have an answer for sin, and you don't have an answer for flesh, you're looking for some kind of acrobats. You're looking for some kind of psychological, mental thinking that gets you over the hump. Whether it's your Olstein positive thinking, or whether it's your name it, claim it crowd. Karen and I watched a, a, a small clip of a, a church up in Atlanta. I think it's that Cephalodollar fellow. Well, they had testimonies of people coming out, and most of them were women, a couple were men, and they said, you know, my hip hurt, my leg was all messed up, and I claimed that that, wasn't, that was not going to hurt, and it didn't hurt anymore. They're claiming all this stuff. I'm using my words to change my life. I'm using my words to heal my body. This is, a, this is an exciting teacher, teaching. Wouldn't you like that? Wouldn't you like that, Larry? Wouldn't you love to say, I claim that my back doesn't hurt? And go out of here and just do somersaults and just fly around. It's exciting. I mean, you know, claim you don't have it and you don't have it. That's psychological mumbo-jumbo. It's, it's satanic. But these people are excited about these teachings. And they get to the end of it and it's all washed out and there's no reality to it. They think it's real, but it's not. 
By the way, you know, Satan can throw a pretty good counterfeit. You know that, don't you? He could relieve from pain if you think that your words have any kind of power at all, and they don't. This has power. He has power. But there they are, ever learning, never truly coming to the chief shepherd, Christ himself. Now he gives an illustration in two fellows who were magicians. And that's a pretty good description of preachers that propagate a gospel that's not the cross and not grace and not Christ. They're magicians. They're acrobats. They're simply toying with the mind. He says, just as Janus and Jambres, uh, these were two magicians back in the Egyptian court when Moses came down to speak for the Lord and get the Israelites out of there. They duplicated, they mimicked Moses and tried to counterfeit what the real deal was. And he says, just as Janus and Jambre opposed Moses, so these men also oppose the truth. They claim to have the truth, they don't have the truth. They oppose the truth by claiming a counter-truth. So much of the gospel stuff you hear that's not gospel at all. Notice these are men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. Pretty strong stuff, is it not? Corrupt in their minds and they're disqualified according to the faith. But they will not get very far. (laughs) It looks like they're getting a pretty long way living in those mansions and driving those big boats. It looks like they're doing pretty good. Does it not? No, they're not. No, they're not. A few months, a few years, they'll meet their maker. They won't get very far. And ministries are exposed from time to time, are they not? You know, it's always amazing to me is when the IRS or the government exposes these guys for who they are or some sin comes out of the closet and it's very clear that people still go and people still listen and people still stay with them. Can you believe that? But there it is, the silly captive women and silly captive men. Let's throw them in there too. They're just captured. They love the personality. They love the dynamics. They love the, how well he can speak and how well he can just command the congregation. You know, they got sweat pouring off them and they're just fascinated by him but they're not true. They're, well, they're corrupt. And they're corrupt in their minds. It says, but they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all. 